It's time to accelerate. Hi, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Join me as I host conversations with the leading experts in sales, marketing, sales automation, sales process, leadership, management, training, coaching, any resource that I believe to help you accelerate the growth of your sales, your business, and most importantly, you. Hello, and welcome to Accelerate. I'm excited to talk with my guest today. Joining me is Ben Hastings, co-founder and CEO of PerformYard, a company that provides a sales automation platform focused on selling and closing deals. Now, as everybody's listening to the show knows, there's been this explosion of sales automation and enablement companies emerging the past few years, fueled by advances in technology and the evolution of sales itself. But if you're not a high-velocity startup or a large enterprise, the question really becomes, where do you start, right? In terms of exploring what are the tools that will give you the biggest bang for your buck in terms of increasing your sales productivity. And my guest today, Ben Hastings, is going to help us talk about that and sort it all out. Ben, welcome to the show. Thank you. Appreciate you having me here. Oh, my pleasure. So take a minute, introduce yourself. Fell out beyond what I, the really sketchy interview, <laughs> introduction I gave you. No, no, it was great. So, yeah, Ben Hastings uh, is my name, and I co-founded PerformYard uh, about two, two and a half years ago. And we have uh, worked worked with companies really uh, in many different industries um, all across the U.S. Uh, and even some internationally, and really focused on uh, trying to help uh, out automate and, and drive outreach with sales teams, and you know, trying to think about. You know what is the best way to approach a customer? Uh, how do you move those people through the selling cycle? How do you do that efficiently? So um, you know we've had a lot of success doing that, and in kind of an interesting story um, that we you know maybe get into later about kind of how um, you know that the product came to be. But well, no, let's let's do that now. I mean, that's really sort of a good question to start with. Is sort of what was the impetus to to start performing? I mean, what was the pain point you saw out there, the gap in the marketplace that that you're filling? Yeah, so it's really interesting. I. I've been managing. Uh, I've been a sales rep uh, at the enterprise level, and, and also doing some kind of you know higher volume things in my career. But really, for about ten years, um, have been one hundred percent kind of dedicated and focused on uh, sales, building sales teams, uh, scaling sales processes, and uh, spent about um, five years uh, at a uh, kind of smaller startup uh, here in Washington D.C. And that's actually where I met my co-founder. And he ran a uh, product, and so my co-founder and I, his name's John Malpass, we founded PerformYard uh, in 2014 to really help drive better performance. And so PerformYard was really born out of this idea that, you know, we need to accelerate and help employees, especially employee, employees in revenue roles, really uh, be, you know, much better in terms of, you know, quota attainment, um, how well they're executing. A lot of that comes down to efficiency. And so... You know, a couple of years ago, we started to build a platform for that. And what was interesting is it kind of was focused on, uh, it kind of turned into kind of larger performance management uh, initially. And so we had a product that, while really geared towards sort of revenue folks, had this pretty um, kind of wide appeal to CFOs and even VPs of, of people um, at not only technology companies, but companies, you know, all over the country. And uh, you know today, you know that software is being used with companies like uh, Carfax and um, you know other well-known brands. What was interesting is as we started to scale that product, is you are reaching out to um, you know VPs of HR and VPs of people and CFOs, incredibly busy people. And so we had 
to really think strategically about how to scale that product. And while we initially were thinking sales, um, it sort of you know, turned into every employee in a business could really benefit from this. And so, you know, kind of our initial buyer type sort of shifted from maybe a VP of sales or VP, you know, chief revenue officer or CEO to, you know, folks more thinking about the larger sort of goal and performance process in a company. What's interesting and why we um, really built uh, PerformYard Sales, which is, which is our focus, is because of the fact that, you know, our reps were sitting kind of in between email, you know, mark, a marketing platform uh, and CRM, but nothing to really accelerate their sales process. And at the same time, a lot of our customers were not including sales reps in the performance process. So the feedback was, hey, you know what, we have reps, everything's in Salesforce. So we don't really, you know, we don't really need to think too much about sort of the performance side of it because they're either going to ramp or they're not and they're going to go and that's it, right? And we felt like there really needed to be a much better solution. And so part of it was our own internal learning on scaling our sales team to very busy people that are you know, difficult to reach uh, in, the, you know, in the executive ranks of companies uh, anywhere from you know, a, a handful of employees up to several thousand. So you know, that kind of SMB kind of mid-tier is where we had spent uh, most of our time. And so we developed our own internal solution uh, uh, to automate our process, which was working incredibly well, but was requiring a ton of human effort in, term, in terms of triaging email and, and outbound calls. And so we did that last year um, in the early, uh, early 2015, you know, about uh, you know, a year into the business. And so that product is really what became PerformYard Sales and has really just exploded in terms of uh, market adoption. So, you know, we have sort of Two uh, performance-focused products. One is kind of uh, kind of broader use, and the real thrust of our, our platform and, and kind of the traction uh, that that we have is really focused on right now that sales automation platform and you know kind of where that fits in the sales stack. So that's kind of the long-winded answer of of kind of how did we architect and sort of build the solution. We really had a major problem internally to scale our business, and so we built some great process, and we realized there wasn't really technology that you know, was working for us to, you know, scale that process. And so that's kind of the genesis of, of the platform. Okay, good. We'll take a breath. That was a long, a long answer. So I was, I was, uh, you talk about, you know, a couple key words in there that I think are really worth digging down into. So you talk about sales efficiency yep. and yeah, I think it's a term that's thrown around fairly loosely, um, sales effectiveness, the same thing. So sure. how are, how are you defining sales efficiency? Because you know you sort of tie it back to you know throughout uh, quota attainment and so on, but a lot of variables go into quota attainment beyond uh, well beyond the reps doing their job well. I mean, so so let's dig into this efficiency a little bit. So how are you defining sales efficiency? So you know we look at sales efficiency as not just purely activity, although that's a really big part of it in terms of dials and emails. Um, but efficiency really is um, looked, you know, we, we, we look at conversations, right? So how often are you talking with potential customers in a sales process? So, you know, there's, there's a lot of sales teams, I think, that are really good at measuring activity and you have people kind of hand jamming things into a CRM, but um, they aren't necessarily going one step beyond that, which is what are those meaningful metrics beyond just a dial? And, you know, for us, it's, are you connecting, you know, by voice with a prospect, kind of pre, you know, pre demo or pre kind of qualified um, kind of lead, right? And so when we're doing kind of on the front end, we look at efficiency as, 
this sort of meaningful customer interactions, which you know really involves generally talking to that person and doing some sort of qualification and kind of figuring out whether they really have a need or not. And so you can do lots of activity, and and you know that's great compared to maybe some sales teams. Um, and and sales tools can help you kind of put up big numbers, but you're not being efficient if you're not getting to the right people and having substantive discussions. So that's kind of how we internally at least look at it. Okay. So um, in the case of uh, PerformYard then, is what are you doing in your tool that increases the efficiency? And so, and also maybe this first step is before I answer that question is, so are you finding your customers are primarily using your tool in a sort of specialized sales development role where you know the, the sales development rep is using the tool and they are having these conversations and passing it off to account execs? Or are you finding it being used in cases where you know maybe account execs are handling the whole life cycle of the sale? So what's interesting is not every customer out there it has specialized roles yet. Right now, that's that's a movement that's coming on very strong. And you know, when we, from day one, we have had sales development reps that have done all of our qualification, and then we have account executives that take those qualified, uh, you know, demos and take those to close. Um, and then we've even completely separated out the research part of it. We don't have our SDRs do any research at all. Um, and so that's another kind of piece of specialization that we've done. Many of our clients uh, and customers. Um, have SDRs, right? And so we were sort of thinking of that initial sort of outbound qualification process, I think, when we when we built the platform. What we found is that it really extends through the entire sales cycle. So PerformYard, I think, has, you know, and this has been something we're, we're happy about, has really found um, a really strong uh, sort of target audience, not just with the SDR role or the BDR role or, or BDX or whatever you call mm -hmm. it, but the account closing role. And a lot of that is because so much of actually closing deals is in following up and ensuring that you know, you're documenting things correctly and, and doing those the right way. And, and you know, so there's two, you know, the customers that don't have those roles split at all, we absolutely have, you know, there are, they just have inside sales reps and they haven't really, you know, they're thinking about specialization, but they haven't done it yet. You know, they're using PerformYard from, you know, first email or first phone call all the way through, you know, signed order form. Um, others are, you know, I'd say the ones where they've got it sort of separated, the first place they use PerformYard, sometimes they'll purchase for those SDR teams. And then those account executives kind of walk over and it's, and it's like, wow, how, you know, we need to follow up too. And, and we're having three demos a day, you know, or, and, and we need to make sure that we move this cycle along. And so, we're finding kind of this land and expand approach where we will start with the SDR teams, but then quickly expand to the account executive teams. And if they haven't specialized, we might work with everybody from day one. Okay. So what you're saying then is PerformYard um, really can handle, I mean, in some respects, almost saying, gosh, there might be some overlap even with your CRM system because, you know, it can manage this interface between the sales development reps and the account execs. Yeah. And they live in PerformYard. So what's interesting is, you know, Salesforce is kind of our first partner on that. We've got a um, a very, very deep integration uh, with Salesforce. And so, you know, if you're, a, if you're a company that's got 10, 20, 30, 50 reps on Salesforce, obviously the, all of that data in the sale, whether it's the first discussion through close, needs to be in there. The best sales teams document everything. Um, and what's nice about PerformYard is it is really not only automating a lot of those follow-up activities and helping you to visualize your sales process, but it is also being kind of a full um, front end to your CRM. So what's nice is 
yeah, account executives as well um, get all the benefit of the automation um, post demo where, while they're working through the sale process, but they can also log all of their activities and do all of those sort of selling functions beyond qualification through our through our interface as well. And then that will talk. There there is overlap. Um, so we you know we don't want to ever come in and say that you've you know, you've got to ditch or abandon your CRM. Obviously, companies have made massive investments in that, but we play really nicely with, you know, CRM tools to, to make that. And I think that's really important. Um, you know, people aren't going to give up on, um, you know, whether it's Salesforce or something else, something that they've made enormous investments in. What they really want to do, and this goes back to efficiency, is see that those investments that they've made are actually driving outcomes. And a lot of that has to do with using the system in the first place. And so obviously there's UI pieces to that, but that's, that's a great, that's a great insight that there is overlap, um, especially when you are in the, you know, kind of post demo closing role. Well, I think one of the, the ironies perhaps of sort of the salesforce.com world is that in many situations like the ones you're sort of describing with your customers is that it's really using a tool, investing and using a tool like yours that enables them to get the ROI on the investment in a tool like Salesforce. That's right. Yeah. And I think that um, I think that's a that's an important part. I mean, that's that's usually one part of sort of the pitch. Um, it's you know, we didn't anticipate that being as as big of a reason, um, actually, when when we went to market. Uh, but it's funny how often that drives the decision, which is, you know, look, we, we've we've built an entire process. And, you know, Salesforce is really for managers in many in many sure, cases, sure. right? So how do you, but the managers aren't getting the data that they need to make decisions if the data isn't there in the first place. And so um, it's funny how often that does actually drive a, you know, a purchase decision with our software. So just to give context for the people then that are listening is, is a little more detail about what PerformYard does and then mm -hmm. sort of you know, we'll get into how it sort of differentiates itself from others and what looks like to me sort of an increasingly crowded category. So let's start with what you what you do so people understand. Sure. So PerformYard is all about um, driving ex you know, activity execution and sales productivity, right? And so, you know, a lot of people describe that as follow-up, but it's really about at every stage of your sales cycle, ensuring that nothing falls through the cracks in terms of either prospects, right? Um, those could be contacts or leads or prospects, however you define them, or opportunities. And so there's a lot of research that's been done on, you know, how do you make sure that a rep um, who has maybe 100, 200, 300 qualified opportunities um, or maybe even 1,000 uh, prospects that they are talking to, that every single one of them people uh, are being touched at the appropriate time in the appropriate way, right? It's not just email, it's often phone. And that's a, that's a, you know, that we can talk about in terms of differentiators, mm -hmm. um, you know, that, that how do you ensure that that's happening at scale? So, you know, that's really what our platform is designed to do. If you're a really small company and, it's, and, and you know, you're just starting out or you've got, you know, less than 10 reps, I mean, we have plenty of companies that just use PerformYard, right? It's it kind of, is there, um, you know, sort of CRM light, um, you know, we had sort of a, a vision around the automation for very large organizations, but we've been, you know, it's very interesting to see how many um, companies come in and use the platform who are living in Excel or something that's um, very basic, but doesn't really give them kind of the tools they need. So it's really about automation of those sales activities, um, both pre, uh, kind of pre-qualified uh, kind of customer initial interaction and post-qualified customer initial interaction. I'd say 70, 65, 70 percent 
of our customers um, are using it kind of pre, you know, kind of pre-opportunity where they're working in. And then you probably have, you know, 30% to 35% that are uh, where the entire team, both pre and post um, sort of opportunity uh, are using it. And so we, we're happy to integrate with, you know, whatever CRM you're using, if you've made an investment there. And if you're just getting started and you, you really are nascent in terms of your sales process, it's a great, you know, performance, a great way to kind of get started um, and can handle you know, a lot of the process for you until you decide you want to make kind of the bigger investment. Okay. Well, we're going to jump back into some details of that when we come back from our break with my guest today, Ben Hastings, talking about uh, PerformYard and uh, sales automation. I'll be right back in just a second. Hi, this is Andy. Connect and Sell is used by sales reps at nearly a thousand companies, including hundreds of technology startups and several Fortune 500 companies, to overcome the challenges of getting prospects on the phone. Companies using Connect and Sell grow their revenues faster by enabling their sales reps to have more sales conversations in 90 minutes than they could otherwise achieve in an entire week. Connect and Sell can be deployed directly to your sales reps, or you can take advantage of their outbound on-demand service, which delivers qualified prospect meetings scheduled directly on your sales reps' calendars. Visit connectandsell.com to learn more about how Connect and Sell can start filling your pipeline today. Okay, back with my guest today, Ben Hastings. We're talking about uh, his company, his company's product, PerformYard. And um, so I presume that just, again, so people get a better sense of what, what PerformYard does, you sort of tick a lot of the boxes uh, in terms of what auto-dialer, you can set up cadence of, or sequence of events and execute them you know, in an automated fashion through the that's tool. Right. Um, so what do, you, what do you do that's different? You, know, you talk about, you emphasize the follow-up a lot, and obviously you know, people understand through CRM you can set up follow-up events and so on, but what are you doing from an automation standpoint to you know, help people do a better job of following up on what they need to be doing at any point in the sales cycle? So I think that's a, I think that's a place where we really shine. So I think that the easiest sort of place to go tackle and when you're talking about follow-up is email, right? Because there's a lot of like set it and forget it mentality where, mm-hmm. you know, f- for us, I almost feel like personal accountability at the rep level can sometimes be not thrown away, but not emphasized in the sense that, well, if I just set up the perfect, we, you know, we call them funnels, right? Activity funnels, but whether it's sequences or whatever, or steps or whatever you're calling them, if I just sort of architect this entire thing um, perfectly, and everything's daisy chaining to the next uh, funnel, um, then it then it'll be perfect. And I think what happens is, you know, you can get complacency. And selling is actually emotional, um, and it's and it's personal, and you're dealing with real people. And so I think the initial wave around a lot of these technologies was because I think it was easy because it's it's something that engineering kind of understands is let's build this process that's heavily focused on email. And, you know, and there's good ROI in email. There's lots of studies on that, too. Um, and so we do all of that. I think a big differentiator for us and where we're very different is if you are an organization that's calling into doctor's offices, for example, mm-hmm. um, and nine out of ten of, of the steps in your funnel are phone calls, um, we handle that really, really well. Um, and so in the sense of visualizing st- you know, sales steps that are not just email. So you might have automated emails, which is great. Um, I think that there's an exasperation out there with email. I think that because of the competitiveness and sort of the 
um, the nature of the space, there, there are a lot of people that have learned how to go blast email. I think the differentiator for companies that are using Performyard is, hey, if I need to get an internal quote approved with by my manager, that can be part of the sales process that I'm visualing and visualizing in Performyard. If I need to make a phone call to uh, the customer uh, at a certain time or after our second you know, sales interaction, then I can do that too. And so, you know, it might be that everything you do is email and you just kind of take the low-hanging fruit with, from people that respond. But, you know, we have a lot of really great examples of customers and even ourselves internally where if you can take every activity, and, and a lot of that is calling, um, and I think calling has sort of gotten a bad rap in, in sort of the sales process, um, and you can put that in, into your process as well and help to automate it, I think you're going to get a huge return, at least relative to others that are just, you know, kind of on the email bandwagon. So I think that's something when people look at our product, um, it doesn't feel like a product that is moving closer and closer to marketing automation, which I think is what's happening with a lot of systems out there. It's almost like you have to, you know, if you've used Marketo, then you're feeling really comfortable with some of the other, you know, sales automation tools. I think, I think with us, it's something that you know that you can hire an aggressive, very intelligent, um, new SDR right out of college that you're coaching up or, or even somebody that's very experienced, drop them in our platform and it feels like it's built for salespeople. And salespeople traditionally have not just set up email campaigns, right? It's, it's actually much deeper than that. So I think that's where we've tried to focus and really carve out mm -hmm. um, a place in the market where we're kind of pulling in all of those uh, the different sales functions. Okay. And I, I agree with you about uh, the danger of over-reliance on email because I think we're we are going to reach a point where we're going to have used up and exhausted prospect right. pools. They're going to be exhausted by having all these messages flow through. So what are you doing specifically, though, relative to the the phone side of things that that automates it, that um, you know makes it better than you know some other auto dialer program or something out there that a yep. customer could use? So we are, um, you know, we're, we're looking at the kind of dialing aspect. What we found is that almost all of our customers have, um, you know, call systems, mm -hmm. whether they're using Skype or Google Voice or, um, you know, uh, even, even inside sales or, or whatever. They, a lot of these, these customers have sort of VoIP systems. What we've done is sort of integrated with those. So if somebody has a click to dial built into their, um, to their computer, right? Where, mm -hmm. Whether it's switch.co or, or any of these different companies out there that, um, have been around for a long time or new in the space, you, we have sort of click to dial built in. Um, we are not a VoIP system today. Um, we haven't made the decision to go into that space. It is something we're looking at. Um, what's interesting is most of our customers have made investments. Um, and so we're really looking at where we can innovate and, you know, going and building another dialer, um, maybe uh, at least in terms of where we strategically think we can differentiate, um, may not be the next thing on the list. I know that we're looking at sort of the integration piece first, um, and then if it if if the customer feedback comes back that, hey, I I need you guys to host the calls, and you know we'd rather pay you by minute than this other vendor, then that's something that um, then that's something that you know, we'll look at. I think for where we've focused is. Let's make sure that that dialing component in terms of things like scripts, right? So, you know, connecting the call using Twilio was one thing. And, and that, you know, they're, they're kind of a provider that a lot of um, mm -hmm. other companies, whether you're your full, you know, if you're like a talk desk or you know, right. a lot of people are built on their API. And that's something we've looked at. And it may be something that, you know, we look at implementing. But I think what's really cool is take away the technical connection part of it. What I think is really interesting thing is what about all of the actual words and scripts that um, 
you know, need to be said at certain stages, right? How, you know, are your reps saying the same thing um, in the third or fourth voicemail that they're saying in the first voicemail? And how are you measuring that? I think that that's where we're spending a lot of time in our platform starting to say, okay, um, we have this concept in our platform of what we call common funnels or, corp, you know, corporately approved best practice funnels. Mm-hmm. And funnels include both emails and calls and any other sales sales action item. So I think what's cool for it for us, where we're spending a lot of our time is actually measuring um, analytics um, and comparing and contrasting different reps funnels and comparing those back to what the company thinks is best. And that includes the email, the text of the email, the call, the text, you know, what you say in the call if you make a connection and what mm-hmm. you say in the call if you're leaving a voicemail. That's where I think there's a lot of opportunity to kind of innovate and, and differentiate. That's what we're spending a lot of time on right now. Yeah, I mean, capturing the information so you can provide relevant coaching as opposed to something that's anecdotal. You know, you actually get a chance to listen to it, review it, and so on. Um, so for a customer that's using and investing in your system, where are they going to get the you know, the real ROI? What are they going to see in terms of improved or compressed sales cycles, higher conversion rates, and so on? Sure. So I think where we focus and our customers really get a lot of value is in seeing more opportunities created. And so we really like to focus on the pain point of qualified pipeline. Uh, and every VP of sales or CEO wants to see more in the pipeline. Um, but the important thing is if you are running an inside sales team or you manage SDRs and you can um, have more opportunities that are thrown over the fence that actually hit all of the things that you care about as a company in terms of qualification. Um, then you're going to be very successful. And so, you know, a big pain point, I think, is you have opportunities that um, get pushed that aren't qualified or you're not getting enough opportunities, which means you can't then hire more sales reps. Um, That's a problem. And so where we really like to focus when we talk about the pains that we solve with our platform is in raw, qualified opportunity uh, conversion handed from you know, SDRs to account executives. And I think that that's something that not every company measures or measures well. A lot of times they measure the inputs to what it takes to get an opportun- a new opportunity created, which could be a phone call or an email or something. But where we've seen a lot of success is, um, and where what we like to talk about when we talk about implementing Performyard is how can you actually increase the qualified pipeline in your organization you know, per rep. And is that being done through you know, the scripting of the questions that you have the reps ask and the you know that's done in a different way than they you know an alternative tool yeah so where we actually help enable that is through the learning that takes place um and the best practices that get sort of instilled into the actual conversations that are happening with prospects so you know where i think we really shine is you know we have you know john over here uh or or you know, Susie, who are just killing it, right, as sales reps. And what are they doing um, that's different? And so, and what's great about our platform is those best practices can instantly be shared among the team and then actually sort of, you know, kind of put into the corporate best uh, best practices. So that next SDR that gets hired is not having to figure out what those things are or even take the last version of what the company thought was best they're taking sort of uh, you know Susie's uh, templates and her call scripts and using that immediately. And so what's really great about the system is I think the automation of all the activities is one thing, and, and that's important, right? A lot of people don't have that, and that's some, sometimes why they buy. I think where we like to go a step further is what are the actual best practices um, from a training standpoint and from a, having somebody in the first day or two be immediately um, – you know, 
working successfully. And a lot mm -hmm. of that comes down to the learning in the platform. So I think that's what we focus on is sort of the ability to share and sort of immediately spread throughout the team those best practices. And we have that built in as a feature into our platform, which essentially is the sort of sharing aspect. And if I, if I think that somebody's doing something great, I can copy that over into my, um, my funnel and my you know, set of steps that I'm doing. And it immediately will generally have an impact on what that rep is doing. Okay. Yeah, I like it. So yeah, certainly you said decreases onboarding time uh, for yep. new reps and yeah, decreases the learning curve and helps everybody else become more productive if they can instantly share what's going on. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, well, ramp time, right? How, how quickly can someone ramp? I mean, if you look at, uh, if you look at how quickly that happens, I mean, they're the best, a lot of, a lot of um, you know, VCs, there's a lot of research out there that talk about um, four months, right, as a ramp time. If you could take that four months and turn it into two months, right, or a month where someone is hitting their meeting quota or their, you know, or, or qualified opportunities created, that's going to have a significant, um, you know, impact on the company. So yeah, that ramp time is really important. Okay, great. Well, good. Well, thanks for the information on that. We're going to move into the last segment of the show where I've got standard questions I ask all my guests tonight. Lead off with a hypothetical scenario that I've posed to everyone. And this, the scenario is this, is that you, Ben, have just been hired as a new sales leader at a company whose sales have stalled and they really desperately need to get unstuck and moving forward. So what two things would you do your first week on the job that could have the biggest impact? I think the first two things that I would do um, is, uh, the first one is, are there leads, right? So I think that the thing you have to do level set, and you know, presumably you would have validated this you know, before you took the job, but let's say you get dropped into a new job and you have a sales team and, and you're trying to scale things. What do you have today? What exists? What leads exist? Are there breathing people on the other end of the line that have to express some interest in your product? And so if that's nothing, then, um, then you've got a problem, right? And you don't directly control that because demand gen and marketing has, 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 plays a big role. But inevitably, there's going to be a whole set um, uh, or, or different types of buckets of leads, right? And so I think what um, I would do is immediately try to understand what leads exist, how many of them have we actually touched in an appropriate way or moved through the sales process in an appropriate way, um, and really try to assess um, low-hanging fruit. And often you'll find that um, many teams are not doing basic things in terms of triaging um, people that are coming inbound. I mean, we, mm -hmm. have, a we have a customer we were just talking to that um, – you know, they were, they're getting eight new leads a day per rep, but they're not really, if there's no phone number, they just send one email. But, you know, because the reps kind of think that it's less qualified because the person didn't put a phone number in a form. Um, so I think that that's, there's a lot to be said for, um, do you have leads and what is your process? And so I would immediately get into what exists and what can we do um, in our current sales cycle with those leads? Because every company's going to have a cycle with it's 30, 60, 90 days. Um, I, think, I think that's number one. I think number two, the biggest thing I would do is uh, understand who's not performing and immediately hold, tell them what they need to do to perform in the next week, two weeks, four weeks max. And if they don't do it, then you've got to you know, help transition those people uh, either out of the company or into a different role. Um, I think that there's a lot of companies out there, even, um, even ones that, that have good sales processes and, and you hold on to, to folks for too long. 
Um, and sometimes it's not their fault because there's no structure. But once you've come in and you've applied the structure and, and you at least have a sense of how you want to triage and manage the existing leads, I think you've got to immediately upgrade the team. And so um, it's not that you go in and fire a bunch of people, but you immediately create a baseline for measuring the existing reps. And maybe that's you know, normalizing what you believe someone should be doing on a daily basis in terms of closing new deals or creating new order forms or, um, you know, or, or follow-up. And so I think that there's usually a lot that can be done to say take the best you know, 20 30% of sales reps and try to have the bottom 70% in a company do and match what the top 20 to 30% are doing. And it's not personality. A lot of times it's basic blocking and tackling that those high performers right. are doing. And if you can come in and just hold everybody accountable and if you have to get if people have to go then then that's what has to happen. I think you you'll get very very fast results and and then the, and then the, the corollary to that is you have to then backfill. So hiring is incredibly important. So those are the two things I think I would I would focus on. Okay, good. So now we're going to ask some rapid fire questions. You can give me one word answers or you can elaborate. Okay. So first one is when you're selling, what's your most powerful sales asset when you personally are selling? You, like I think me personally here at Perform Yard, I think. Um, a really great asset is to be able to um, help the customer that I'm talking to understand how they're going to impact the direction of the product, right? And um, you know, personally for me, I don't get involved in all of the sales, you know, anymore. But when I do get involved, I think it's helping that customer understand how they can impact where we're going and sort of um, you know connecting them with sort of the top of the organization and that's very powerful you can have a lot of issues with your product um and 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 every product has issues but if they believe that they can impact it and that you're receptive to it and that's something that i can uniquely do at perform yard then Mm -hmm. that's you know i do that quite i do that quite a bit so that's pretty helpful for me okay so what other than perform yard other than perform yard what's one tool you use for managing sales that you can't live without um a tool as in a technology or like a process? Yeah, it's up to you. I think I think a very, very important tool that I could not live without is is uh, having relationships with reps and actually having a process whereby it's not just the, the traditional pipeline review, but actually having reps feel that you are there to work for them, right? So my goal is that every single sales rep that, that has ever worked for me and this is, I hope this is, you know, if they're listening, they, they know that this is true, or I hope they believe it's true at Perform Yard, is that I work for them. And I think if, you know, if a sales team and collectively each individual rep believes that you're going to come in on any deal and fly somewhere, do demos as the CEO if you have to, do whatever it takes to get a deal done, you're going to have loyalty in that, with that team, and, um, and they're going to hold themselves accountable. They're not going to wait for you to hold them accountable. So, um, I think the, a very powerful tool or philosophy is to, and I tell them this: I work for you. If you don't get a deal done, and I have, and I feel like you haven't leveraged me as an asset, then that's a problem, right? Because I'm here, you know, to enable you. And okay. so that's kind of my that's something I think is very powerful for for sales reps. All right, great. So, who's your sales role model? You know, it's funny. I uh, I'm constantly trying to improve myself and kind of better um, me, and I absolutely don't have it all figured out um, you know, by any means. So I've I've been somebody that's uh, 
been very successful doing, you know, in many cases before I was, you know, founding Performyard, I've done very large enterprise deals. Um, I'm very um, impressed with HubSpot and, uh, you know, Roberge and mm -hmm. some of the folks over there. Um, the the uh, sales acceleration um, books and, and things that have come out that, you know, folks that kind of have an engineering mindset uh, who... Uh, really aren't building all of their success or their team success on personality or or you know bravado. It's really dialed in uh, measurable results. I'm very impressed with that. So I think what I'm trying to do is emulate both per, you know personally to to kind of improve me is actually look at folks who have built a process that um, kind of maybe goes against the grain on what some of the typical sales stereotypes are. And so I've, I've been very impressed with those guys and, okay. and you know, con consume all their stuff. So, so next question is one book that every salesperson should read. Um, yeah, that's actually great. I, uh, so this is, this is interesting. I actually have, uh, you know, the, the e-myth, I actually think the e-myth, um, is it's been around for a long time. Mm -hmm. It would transform me as an entrepreneur and uh, one of the things that I think makes very successful salespeople uh, is an ownership mentality right and what I really loved about Gerber's book the e-myth I probably read that 10 you know eight ten years ago is that it essentially talks about process and working sort of um, you know on the business not just in the business and I think if a sales rep comes to work every day and thinks about how can they um, build this into a machine personally, you know, that, that the way that they go about business and also have an ownership mentality where they're not waiting for somebody else to tell them what to do. You know, they look at their, uh, their territory and their pipeline as their business. I think that that is something, um, that would help every sales rep. And so I know that, you know, I read that book long before I was holding big quotas, but I feel like a lot of the lessons that came out of that book were useful for me to sort of think of myself inside of a, whether it was a startup or a big business as my own company. Sure. And I, I think that that's, you know, so that's, I, I like that book a lot. I think it's helpful. Okay, great. Here's a tough question. So what music's on your playlist? Oh man. Yeah, that is tough. So this is, uh, this is an interesting one. I, I, this is kind of funny. I am totally, and I haven't seen it yet. Um, I am totally digging the uh, Hamilton um, Broadway show, so I, you know, I have that on Spotify and uh, you know Amazon Music, and I haven't seen it. I it's a great get show. My, it's yeah, a great show. I've, you, I've, you, I've seen have it. Have you yeah. seen it? Yeah, I saw oh, it. Okay. Like I am. Um, it's funny because you know I I went in. You know I kind of uh, saw it. I think on NPR or something that they, they they published a link when when they kind of released the music. And um, so that's been really great. I've been enjoying that lately. Um, and it's funny, if I need to grind out work um, at home, you know, and wife and, is asleep and I'm just sort of working, I can put that on and, and kind of like two hours goes by and I'm super productive. So oh, um, that, lately that's what I've been listening to. Well, you'll enjoy watching it when you get a chance. That's, yeah, uh, I need to make that happen. Yeah, it's something, it's very, very special, transformative, I think, for musical theater in the country. So, right. um, Last question for you then. So what's the one question you get asked most frequently by salespeople? Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's interesting. I think a question that comes up a lot is, you know, how can I get this closed? Right. <laughs> it's very basic, but you know, there, uh, there are so many cases with, uh, my own team and other teams that I advise or talk to and, Everything is there. There's, there's a fit with the solution. There's interest. There's budget potentially, and it's just um, they can't get the commitment. And I think that um, a lot of that is it's not tricks that are going to get that. A lot of it is sort of 
helping to, at the very beginning of the sales process, begin kind of with the end in mind, right? So from day one in that first demo, talk, you know, get a complete layout from the prospect of what it would take to close the deal and get commitments from them and then regurgitate those commitments in an email back to, to those people. And so I think that that's something I get asked a lot, which is everything looks good and, and they're on board, but I, you know, how do I get this order form signed? And I think a lot of it is they've lost the battle already because they haven't done a lot of the work in the sales process. They kind of wait till the very end. They may be good for asking for the sale, but they don't actually do the things that drive commitment so that at the end of the day uh, or at the end of the cycle, it's a foregone conclusion okay, it's time for me to get this signed because we've talked about that three times already and I told you that that was the second to the last step in the process. Mm-hmm. The last step process. So that's kind of something that I think is very basic, but um, you know, it's something I get asked a lot. Great. Well, good. Well, I want to thank you for being my guest today. Ben Hastings from Perform Merit has joined us. Ben, tell folks how they can find out more about you. Absolutely. So um, if you go to uh, performyard.com, uh, you'll see our website and uh, you can go ahead and request a demo or take a look at our platform. Uh, more than anything, we just want to be a resource to you. Uh, if you're kind of a, a new entrepreneur or founder or if you're on a sales team, um, happy to kind of help you think through your process and uh, show you what Performer is up to as well. So that's the best way to go. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. And remember, friends, make it a part of your day every day to deliberately learn something new to help you accelerate your success. And one easy way to do that is to make Accelerate a part of your daily routine. Listen first thing in the morning, on your commute, in the gym, or at your morning sales huddle, because then you'll make sure you don't miss any of my conversations with top business experts like my guest today, Ben Hastings, who share their expertise about how to accelerate the growth of your business. So thanks for joining us, and until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you heard and want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher.com. For more information about today's guests, visit my website at andypaul.com.